That's one. your cue, Corey. Sorry. <laughs> do you want us to do it? Not cutting it. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Cinematic Commonverse. Um, we are very professional here. And that's all my fault. <laughs> that's um, your fault. We're professional? Yeah, yeah. No, the opposite, okay. in fact. <laughs> <laughs> you may be hearing a new voice, everyone. Uh, I'm for so today's, sorry. For today's episode of Captain Marvel, we have <laughs> Paul joining us. Um, Paul, please continue to apologize for your presence. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I spoke before I was introduced. I'm, I'm not used to being a guest. <laughs> I, I'm not doing it right. So <laughs> your faux pas. <laughs> here's here's my question. I know that it's frowned upon in this podcast to reveal last names, as I have accidentally <laughs> done a few times. But do we do that for our guest? Paul, would you like your last name to be revealed? <laughs> do you have a secret identity? Um, I think we should save the full name reveal for the second time I'm on the podcast, Ooh. so that that one is just as collectible as this one. Securing his second appearance already. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, Paul, please. I, I, you're you're like you're collectible. Uh, tell us, yes. tell us your expertise <laughs> with podcasts. I mean, not wow. with podcasts. Goodness, with comics. I Let's throw I down the resume. <laughs> yeah. Let's, no, sorry. Um, where I was going, segueing <laughs> back to comics. Um, Paul, tell us about your history with the comics. <laughs> yeah. So. My history with comics is relatively short, but uh, but intense, but expensive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll I'll try to tell a long story pretty short. Um, no, basically, no, no. draw it out. <laughs> <laughs> We're about that two hours. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. So basically, uh, last year uh 2022 i played just just way way too much fortnite like it really messed up my brain mm. um i got a new job last year um and that job was work from home and that job was way too generous in the ramp up time to actually like working on anything important so i had a lot of time just sitting at home and not having much responsibility at work. And so I I just played a lot of Fortnite of, of all things. I probably should have done something else with that time, but I did not. And Fortnite had an event last year called Fortnite Marvel Zero War. And I'm really excited to hear you talking about this because it fascinates yeah. me to no end every time I hear you talk about it. <laughs> And well, so you should know that I have three children and one of them is about to be very important to the story. So one of my children got very into Fortnite with me, but we started playing Fortnite right after the season where you could get Spider-Man in Fortnite. And uh, Spider-Man was in the battle pass. And if you know anything about Fortnite, if it's in the battle pass and you miss that battle pass, you're never going to get that character again. At least so far, Fortnite has never allowed access to battle pass content in any other way. So my son, um, who is six years old, 
plays Fortnite with his cousin, um, who is also six years old. And his cousin had Spider-Man, but he did not. And so my son all the time was so jealous and so frustrated. And, you know, he kept asking me, can we get Spider-Man? I kept having to say, there's no way I can get you Spider-Man. Like, I, I just, it's not going to happen. This is a multi-billion dollar company. I, I can't make them give you Spider-Man. <laughs> Paul, Paul, I just want to let you know, I did earn Spider-Man on Fortnite. <laughs> well, my son will buy your account off you for large sums of money. Um, but, but then <laughs> Fortnite Marvel Zero War happened and a chance to redeem myself as a father and a man came. Wow. <laughs> and if you bought issue one of Fortnite Marvel Zero War, you would get a code inside to mm. get uh, Spider-Man Zero, which was a special Spider-Man like outfit specifically for this crossover comic event. And so I saw a way to make everything right. And all it would take was going to Dragon's Keep in Provo, Utah and buying an issue of Fortnite Marvel Zero War. And so the day it came out, um, again, I'm not doing much at work, so we're there at like 2 p.m. or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're there and there's like four copies total of this comic and we buy two of them. Shoo. And Is and it, we get two codes. Was your boss there buying the other two copies? <laughs> no, my boss lives in Boston, oh, but okay. I'm sure he was. <laughs> I'm sure he was at some comic shop in Boston. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we buy two copies and we get the codes, and so now my son and I can play split screen sport, split screen Fortnite, both as Spider Man Zero. And it's just, you know, it's just an amazing moment. And we did it. And I, I solved all the problems. <laughs> and I'm an amazing dad. Um, but Which was in question. It. <laughs> yes, it was, it was a major issue. <laughs> uh, but then we read the comic. And I'm, like, actually pretty intrigued. And I want to read the rest of the series. And so, like, as the rest of them come out, I try to buy them, but um, the series is kind of popular because, you know, Fortnite's semi-popular. And I can't find them. So then I start looking online. And then I start looking at Marvel apps. And then kind of one thing leads to another. And... I have a Marvel Unlimited subscription and I'm exploring all kinds of things all of a sudden. Uh, the first series I read is Marvel Champions, the 2016 run where Kamala Khan and Miles Morales and Viv Vision and Amadeus Cho and Sam Alexander and young Scott Summers are the new champions. Um... I, and I end up reading that like entire run. Was that before uh, or after you bought the board game? Oh, after. Okay. You're right. I, that, that is a major chapter in this story. I ended up buying Marvel Champions, the card game. And that, I love it. I mean, I love board games um, just in general. 
and I really love Marvel Champions. So I start to get into characters that I don't know about. And that is part of the reason I ended up going with, with Champions, the comic series, because a lot of the characters are in Marvel Champions, the board game, and I didn't really know much about them, like Sam Alexander and Viv Vision. And in the 2020 run of Champions, they bring in uh, Ironheart. And I didn't know anything about Ironheart, but Ironheart is one of the best characters in the game Marvel Champions. So I really want to read the comic series Champions. So I read the 2016 run, the 2020 run, and I think there was a 2021 run. Um, I read basically everything with that team. Um, and then I'm getting more into the board game as well. Um, and then <clears throat> fast forward a little bit. So all last year I'm reading comics and well, not all last year, the last half of last year, I'm reading comics. I'm playing Marvel champions, the board game. I'm, I'm getting more into it. Um, and then early this year, I think for whatever reason, I don't, oh no, sorry. There's one more, one more part of this. Um, Spider Amazing Spider-Man hit issue number 900 last year and I read Amazing Spider-Man 6 which is, you know, also Amazing Spider-Man 900 because comic books um, Legacy I numbering that, and all that <laughs> Yeah, I, I read that, that so issue much. Yeah <laughs> it, it would be nicer. Well, I guess it helps in some ways to like know the arcs. But anyway, um, I read that issue and I absolutely love that issue. Have you guys read Amazing Spider-Man 6 slash 900? No. Oh. You recommended it to me and yeah. I did not read it. <laughs> it. I'm pretty sure it's on Marvel Unlimited now, but it's it's such a good like just one issue summary of why Spider-Man is such a good superhero. Like, it has everything. It has, you know, the hints at many different Peter Parker romances. It has the Sinister Six, but it also has a new villain. It has um, J. Jonah Jameson. It, I mean, it... But it also, it just really cuts to the heart of, like, who Spider-Man is and and why he's a hero and why he's, like, a very classic hero. I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's just a very, like, feel-good, like, yes, this is Spider-Man. This is everything I love about Spider-Man in this kind of, you know, semi-landmark issue of issue number 900. Um, it's Does got a great he... cover. Does by he John fight nine hundred Uncle Ben's? He does not fight. He doesn't fight any Uncle Ben's. Marvel, Spider Man ah, one thousand. Ah, ah. <laughs> that I mean, yes, that's they're gonna have to do that. I hope they're listening. They are. Oh yes. <laughs> um. So I I read that issue on Marvel Unlimited, and I just love it so much. I'm like, I have to own a physical copy of this issue. <laughs> I just like I want to just have it. <laughs> I very much um, understand that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I start to think and it's like, well, I should probably buy two cuz I want to read this to my kids, but I want one to be nice forever. So, again, I go online and it's surprisingly difficult to buy like single issues of comics online in the usual marketplaces. 
um like amazon is just terrible for buying single issue comics never do it um but i end up finding two copies of amazing spider-man 900 and they come and and i read it to my kids and like most things one of my kids likes it and the other two don't seem to care very much um i will spoil it a little bit at the back of this issue near the end of this issue there is a kiss between peter parker and felicia hardy slash black cat and the next morning after this comes and i read it to my son i find my six-year-old son the next morning on the couch just holding it open to the page of the kiss and just staring at it. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what to do with that. But anyway, <laughs> I I buy one and it's nice and I want to just keep it nice and I keep it on the shelf. I keep it in the bag and board and I'm like, I like this. I like having like, this is going to be like a nice little preserved, like, conversation piece on my shelf like people are going to see it and i'm going to be able to tell them like why did i buy this and keep it nice and why do i not want to open this i just want to like preserve the moment of reading that comic and just feeling like yes spider-man i've always loved spider-man and this this issue summarizes so much of what i love about spider-man um but little did i know that i was i was opening something in my brain by doing this <laughs> And now fast forward a few months and they announced that this year, every month they're doing variant covers on different Marvel comics that are kind of what if covers of Disney characters. Um, so the first one they did was uh, like a homage to, is it Avengers? Uh, which issue of Avengers is it where Captain America comes back and it's like the first Silver Age appearance of Captain America? I can't remember the number. Really uh, testing it, our knowledge. I can yeah. get it for you in five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> but it, it's that issue. It's like an homage of that cover, except it's like Mickey and Donald. Number and, four. Yeah. Um, and so kind of disappointingly, it's not actually that comic. It's not like the whole comic redone with Disney characters. It's just a variant cover, which I see that and I instantly think like, this is going to be worth money. And I'm seeing it now and I can buy it at retail price and I can hold it and it will definitely be worth a lot of money later on. <laughs> so I do the same thing. I buy two issues of it, one to read and one to keep nice. Um... And my kids are extremely disappointed when I open the cover and it's just an issue of Spider-Man and has nothing to do with um, what's on the cover, the Disney characters. They're very sad about that. So I put it back in the bag and board and put it on the shelf next to Spider-Man 900. Yo, Dad, And why isn't Mickey kissing anyone? <laughs> why, is, why isn't Mickey kissing... Black cat. Yo, um, yo, yo, pops. When is this rat gonna lay lips on somebody? <laughs> you, you really did such a good impression of my kids there, Davis. Wow. Uh, anyway, and at this point, you know, this is like January, so this like beginning of 
last month, which seems impossible, not that long ago. But like, this is when the floodgates open and something just like breaks in my brain. And then I'm like, I could collect other comics. And I'm like, I read that whole run of champions. Wouldn't it be fun to have an issue of champions number one from 2016? So I look on eBay and there's a slabbed, uh, like CGC graded champions number one. And it's only like 60 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, that seems worth it to me. Like it'll be preserved. Um, it might be worth something someday. Like they might do something with this team in the MCU or something, but even if it's not worth something, it'll be a nice memory of like how I personally got into comics, even though I'm like 32 years old (laughs) and I did not read comics as a kid, but I'm reading them now. So I bought it and then I'm like, huh, what other comics could I buy? And like a month later, I wake up from like an eBay internet coma and I've spent like $2,000 on <laughs> comics. <laughs> and that brings us to today. Pretty much. <laughs> wow. That's an escalation. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, a beautiful, inspiring story. <laughs> and I keep thinking like, I just want to like have the, the characters that, that I've cared about, like, growing up or you know throughout my life there's been some characters that have stood out to me i just want to own some like key issues from the characters i care about but that's not how it's working at all like i just keep finding more and more that i'm like oh i do care about that oh that is a cool cover oh i do care about that and because i can constantly say like i'm not spending money i'm just converting it like eventually I can pass these on to my kids or I can sell them and they'll be worth more than when I bought them. So it's not really throwing money away. <laughs> and, and that justification just keeps working. Um, so I actually like publicly out loud committed to my wife. Um, like last week that I, I, I am not allowed to buy any more until I get like my first annual bonus from my new job. Um, at least and even then (laughs) I should calm down so yes I have this initial collection this initial set and I'm gonna try to be okay with that for a while but yeah I have spent a lot of money very fast there there was something deep in my brain that just really wanted comics and I didn't know it and I really like a lot of comics and I've kind of ignored that for most of my life somehow but now that it's here it's it's here hard <laughs> beautiful i think a lot of us can relate to that yes <laughs> i i never thought that i would have two full bookshelves uh just completely chock full of comics and <laughs> i uh now i i i, I love like being able to read things. I love being able to reference things, but I'm realizing that I also just love having things. And I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm trying to like figure out where the line is. Um, 
Corey and I did a very long episode where I did a poor job of explaining why I love the Watchmen series so much. Um, but like, Great that episode. is, thank you. Uh, that, that, that is a comic that I will like keep forever because I plan to revisit that. But as I have like, so I'm, I, I love hardcover comics because you usually get 10 to 12 issues, which is like long enough to tell a pretty coherent story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tend to be a little more economical. Downside is you have to wait like a year and a half uh, to to collect that way. So any in, in, in any stories that have come out in the past, I don't know, two years, I am completely unaware of. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like that. But not every time I read it uh, do I think, man, that's, that was like life changing. I want to return to that. And so I have begun to lean more into like the digital, uh, the, the, the Marvel Unlimited and the DC. It's not unlimited, but basically infinite dc unlimited or something thank you yes yes D- yeah. dc infinite i'm i'm a subscriber and i don't even know um <laughs> but that who, who whoever is like heading that project up would really hate to hear what i just said um <laughs> but i'm giving them money so it's okay uh I, but I, like i i think at this point <clears throat> i will probably use my current collection slowly like offload that try and recoup some of my money and put it back into just funding the the digital collection um because my my habit of collecting hardcovers is a lot less money on the front end but there aren't very many like highly collectible uh trade paperbacks or, or hardcover yeah. editions and uh, i will much... disagree with you there well i, I, was, <laughs> I, 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 I always run into, into that problem and <laughs> uh, until they go out of print and then all of a sudden they're 435 dollars <laughs> on amazon it's always the third volume because <laughs> yes. they, they reprint like a million of the first and then based on those sales they reprint the second volume slightly less. And then that's where they're like, Oh, no one's going to buy the third one. We'll just print a few of these. And then when old Ryan opens up his wallet, they're asking for a pretty penny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question two. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, let's talk about Captain Marvel. Just novel yes. idea, but <laughs> um, is that what I... we're doing today? Surprise! <laughs> did you read any comics, Davis? Of course, I did. Now summarize. I, I, frankly, <laughs> I, I'm 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 not afraid to admit I I went a little bit above and beyond with uh, with, with some of our reading. Oh Ooh. my goodness! The 2012 Captain Marvel um, grabbed my attention, and so I, I I read ahead a little bit on that one. Ooh, well, that's first up on our summary. So I I don't want to give full comic summaries of all of these, 
So um, I'll, I'll kind of like throw it to the group to point out some important things. Um, but the first thing we read today to prep for watching Captain Marvel was Captain Marvel number one, which is a 2012 run um, where they reintroduced or Miss Marvel became Captain Marvel. Um, Davis, what are your thoughts on it? Well, what was it about? So, so. Very, very, it just like, like on, um, on, on, on the air production meeting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure why, like it's gone now coming. Okay. <laughs> but it was feedbacking. I, I was hearing oh. it and it was throwing me off quite it's a bit. back. Oh no. Are we good? Uh, is it? Uh, yeah, it's gone now. Okay. If, if, if it comes back, I'll just not talk. Um, <laughs> so, so issue one, uh, we, we have kind of like the, the soft launch of the Captain Marvel that we see in the movies and what, what we will refer to as the modern Captain Marvel. Um, in this, we, we find out that the Captain Marvel Marvel, uh, has died and, Miss Marvel, soon to be Captain Marvel, is fighting alongside uh, Captain America, and they're 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 fighting the Absorbing Man. Have some, you know, funny banter about like, oh, you know, you're my sidekick, blah blah blah, and uh, and and Captain America is pushing her to consider just taking on the mantle of Captain Marvel. Um, Carol Danvers, our our protagonist, our leading lady, doesn't feel comfortable co-opting his legacy, but Captain Mar or excuse me, Cap Captain America made the point that, you know, he he has his personal legacy and now he would want you to take the helm of of Captain Marvel. So by yeah, he by says the like his name was Marvel, but Captain Marvel was a title. He like yes. makes that distinction, right? Uh, and it it appeared to it appeared to work because at the end of the um, at at the end of the issue, Carol decides that you know she's going to embrace this Captain Marvel title, uh, and there there's a kind of subplot with. Um, an older woman who is stricken with cancer, kind of a mentor role um, that is investigated a little bit more in the, in the future episode or in the future issues. I'd be happy mm -hmm. to do like a quick summary of, of, of what I read, but for the time being, we, we can kind of focus on issue one. I, I, I do want to ask, how far did you go? I, I went four issues in. Okay. So not not a ton, but like I I got the idea of where that arc was headed. I'm trying not to say anything that makes me f seem like really pompous, but I did read 12 issues of this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ryan, oh, I know. R Ryan, Does this run even have 12 issues? Uh, I thought this 2012 run only had five issues. It's got more than 12, actually. Um, but I bought the, the trade paperback and it had 12 issues in it. 
always doing this. I where know. he just won I... up our Marvel. <laughs> I do not. Movie. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You... It went seven, seventeen, seventeen issues. Okay, yeah. and then they rebooted it, but it was same author afterwards. Yeah. You 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 should absolutely know that when I say I read ahead, I meant I had a little time before dinner and, <laughs> and, and did more reading. Well, anyhow, uh, I I I I really enjoyed it. I thought that this this first issue and kind of like the whole um theme was a glimpse into feminism in 2012. Um, yeah. And, 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 and like, I, I like it. Right. But there, there were some things in the abbreviated run that I read, perhaps Ryan can expound on this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like there, there, there's this underlying like women rule theme and i'm certainly not opposed to that i think sometimes it was a little clumsy um and and other times it was beautiful and it, and it worked really well and I, I i think we see a little bit of the same in the movie so that that that's something that i'll be interested to talk about i guess throughout the episode is how to couch Captain Marvel just being a hero, but also being like one of the most visible, most powerful female superheroes. <clears throat> and I, one angle on that that I, I want to talk about is I don't know the real history here, but it seems based on the timing that this was calculated specifically for the MCU. And I that actually don't know that either. So I'm Yeah, curious. but like it just, you know, this was 2012 and her movie came out in 2019. And knowing how far Marvel plans things ahead, it kind of seems like they were like, "Hey, we need a female lead." of the MCU. Like we have female superheroes in the MCU, but we need a female lead that will be like one of the most powerful characters and can be a, a leader of the team eventually. And it kind of seems to me like they looked around and they were like, well, we can't just make up a new character. We need someone with history. And, you know, the pieces kind of came in place and they were like, you know what? Carol Danvers has been in here since the 70s like she's a very tenured character but um the the run before this of miss marvel which was in 20 2006 to what 2010 um it's not good in terms <laughs> of the the feminism angle um the way she is drawn in that run is downright embarrassing, in my opinion. Um, so it kind of, like, I can, I can, I've built up this story in my own head that they looked around and they're like, what character can we 
can we take to be our female lead of the MCU? And it kind of came together in their own heads that like Captain Marvel is quite the name for the MCU. And we can give this name and we can kind of fix this character. Um, in in terms of like giving her some dignity <laughs> um and and we can do all this and then we can you know kind of launch her through a run of comics straight into the MCU and then we can have you know one of the most powerful one of the main characters of the MCU can be a woman and they kind of you know a lot of the strongest and most prominent females in Marvel were not, they didn't have the rights. Like they can't do Sue Storm. They can't do uh, Aurora Monroe. They can't do Rogue. They can't do, you know, a lot of the like most famous female characters. So again, this is me guessing, but it seems like they kind of put all the pieces together so they could have this character for the MCU. Um, That's my theory. I it's have not I've not I've not even bothered to look into this because I know that information will be I, I don't I won't know what to trust if I look into the history of this movie on the internet. <laughs> Dang. Deep deep cut. I, I, I Googled who is Aurora Monroe. Uh I spelled both wrong. I I, I had Aurora like Sleeping Beauty and then Monroe like the president. Uh, oh, Aurora Munro is, of course, Storm. Yes, I said it wrong. I'm sorry, but yes. No, no. Uh, yeah, you, you, you were not the the issue there, even if you had said it perfectly. Yeah, Aurora Lynn Monroe is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> um, next to Hugh Hefner. I, I do want to say about Captain Marvel number one. I think it's interesting that her big debut as Captain Marvel is someone saying, you know, you should just call yourself Captain Marvel and her <laughs> being hilarious. like, no, nah, I don't want to come on, do it. All right. I'm Captain Marvel now. <laughs> well, and we should also talk about the suit is not explained at all. There's no justification I... for the new suit. It's just like it's I... Stark tech. And that's all we get. I do think I I have my own theory after reading <laughs> Marvel Superheroes number 13, her first appearance. It is the same mm. colors as her plane in that one. Oh. And I, I think it's supposed to resemble more of a flight suit to kind of go along with her history right. as a yeah. flight captain. But other than that, I, yeah, I don't really know. And back to the collecting thing we should note captain marvel number one is not the first appearance of carol danvers as captain marvel that is true true her actual yeah her actual first appearance as captain marvel in this suit is avenging spider-man number nine which came out uh at least a couple months before that um but also in that i read that issue too and that's not it's not explained really there either why she has a new suit <laughs> does it um, is it more of a triumphant like insertion into the M, the the marvel comics universe 
uh, in Avenging Spider-Man? Or is it no. just kind of like she's there it's to help? It's just kind of like, yeah, it's just kind of like because Carol Danvers and Peter Parker have a long history. Uh, I, I guess we'll probably get into this when we talk about this Marvel number one. Um, but they've been connected literally since the beginning of Miss Marvel. And so, no, in that issue, they're just kind of treated as like, we're friends and we're both superheroes. And it's like um, Carol is flying Peter in her plane somewhere that he needs to go. And then they get attacked. And so they deal with it. And she has the new suit. And it's not explained why. It's not, yeah, there's no, it's just kind of like treated as if she's been Captain Marvel for a long time. Even though that's technically her first appearance in terms of publication order. Fair. Corey, I want to know your thoughts on all of this. Um, so many thoughts have been. <laughs> so many thoughts have happened, have gone through my head, are gone. Um, oh, great. I. Yeah. Now, 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 now that all the men have spoken, let's hear Corey's thoughts. <laughs> One lady. Um, Corey, you're actually from the Cree planet. I knew it. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like with this one, I really expected to resonate more with the character. I think actually reading through a lot of these Miss Marvel, I was super excited to read them. I didn't love her <laughs> <laughs> throughout. There have been a lot of other female characters that I liked a little more. Um, she, she a little bit blah. No, and I think the issue is all of the other things are so cool. I find the Kree. I find, um, like, the, the Supreme Intelligence. All of the storylines are super cool that she's attached with. But I'm not, I'm not obsessed with Captain Marvel herself. Although, that when we get to the, the movie, I have different opinions. <laughs> um, uh, let's, let's finish up comics. Um, okay, can I say one more thing? Yeah, do it. I will say, after reading issues 1 through 12, I got more of a sense towards the end of that of who Captain Marvel was as a character. Okay, who and is that? I feel like in the comics, she's, uh, at least in this 2012 run, she's kind of brash and is really ready to like fight use her fists uh but that often is kind of at the expense of other things and so she's constantly like jumping in to save the day but here and there it'll cause problems for her because she was so quick to act which i thought was an interesting choice and most of the time she does good and most of it is the good she does helps other people, but it doesn't quite help herself in her own like personal life. And there's one storyline towards the end where she has kind of this weird growth in her brain that it's kind of attached to her brain muscle of how to, how she flies. And the doctor tells her every time she flies that part of her brain gets like messed up somehow. And if she keeps flying, that will ultimately make her worse and worse. And so she's constantly like 
ignoring the doctor's orders and flying anyway, saying like, oh, she doesn't know what's going on. Like, I need to save these people. But then eventually she finally listens to the doctor and starts trying to do things a little more creatively because she's ultimately hurting herself to save other people. But then she eventually learns, oh, while I can't fly, I can still jump really high. And so I can still do like a lot of cool stuff, but like maybe I should have toned it, toned it down a little bit. And I don't really so know it, what that's saying, but it's, I thought it was interesting. Well, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't want to misquote you, but what I'm hearing is you saying that Captain Marvel is uh, irrational, hysterical, <laughs> and that when doctors don't believe her, she just ought to listen to them. Is that <laughs> what I, what I'm hearing? I think you misquoted me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hearing the same thing. Uh, I'll also jump in and try to help Ryan here. Thank you. <laughs> I've read uh, 10 issues of the 2019 run of Captain Marvel, which mm-hmm. that run is ongoing and is up to issue 47. Like that, this is a deep run. Like I feel like it maybe didn't land so well in 2012. But this 2019 run has been pretty successful. And and they just, you know, having 47 issues of a single run of a comic is kind of a big deal, especially today. Um, and I had a very exper- similar experience to you, Corey, where I wanted to love Captain Marvel. And at first I was like, but who even is she? <laughs> yes. And like I like her power set is not super well defined. Her origin is kind of all over the place. Um, but I've also had a similar experience to Ryan, where now that I've read between the two series, I don't know, fourteen or fifteen issues of Captain Marvel, there's like that 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 personality there that kind of grows on you, where she's always trying to just it doesn't matter what it costs her she's always going to do what's right you know which is a very superhero thing to do um but because she's so immensely powerful they find ways to make that interesting um like they take her powers away a lot in different ways but she still fights anyway or she willingly gives up something in order to to do what's right, you know? So there's, there's definitely like a, a very heroic, um, str- like strong moral center to her that I, that's really growing on me the more I read about her character. But I very much had the same reaction at first of like, I don't even really get who this character is or like, you know, you can't instantly latch onto her like you can with Spider-Man. She's not as like instantly like relatable or and like you get the character as immediately, but there's people who really love her that have worked really hard on her comics. And so the more you read, the more comes out, I think. That's been my experience for sure. Much much more tactfully said. And I I (laughs) definitely second that. You've convinced me. I'll read more Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, I'm really interested in the more current thing. And I, that's happened a lot where we're reading some of the more foundational texts 
And once we get to the more current pieces, I expected a 2012 to be something I like, but maybe I need to get more current. Yeah. Um, the, are there the, the 2012? I think they're really experimenting a lot trying to define the character. Whereas the 2019, they feel a lot more confident about this is who she is, this is what she can and can't do. And and we're going to put her in interesting situations based on how we understand her character. I was wondering Sorry, if anybody's... Uh, I I wasn't able to find any quotes from the author, Kelly Sue DeConnick, if she said anything about her take on Captain Marvel. Because she's been the writer for a pretty long time now. Yeah, since 2012 is when she started the one that we read, and is she still doing the 2019 series? Um, or have they the 2019 series is by Kelly Thompson? Okay. Like, did she change her name? Is it the same person? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's looking like she stopped at some point. Okay. Yeah, she finished uh 2015. And then there was a mini series that she wrote with Kelly Thompson that I'm assuming was okay. kind of a bridge between. Is that those the two life series. of Captain Marvel? Uh, no, it's Captain Marvel and the Carol Corpse. Oh, okay. I haven't. I don't know anything about that one. It's, it looks like it's a Secret Wars tie-in, so it probably is very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, back to Corey. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Corey. <laughs> How dare you men talk over me? <laughs> um, okay, let's keep it moving. Keep it moving. So another series, I never, I feel like as soon as I start talking, all the words escape me. But another series we read was Marvel Superheroes. And we read issues 12 and 13, technically, although who knows what other people did. <laughs> um, and in 12, we have the per first appearance of Marvel. Um who then becomes Marvel and Captain Marvel. Um, and he comes to Earth as a Kree. Ah, is Captain his actual title? I don't even know what his title is. He is Space Man. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's from the Kree military and he's coming hilariously to like overthrow us because apparently like there's a perception on their side that we have like instigated I like issues with their their government, their their military, but we have no clue who they are or what they're doing. Uh, I just I found that to be really funny where they've like overstated <laughs> the issues and what's happening where they're like, oh, they're being hostile. We must go like kill them or subjugate them. We have no idea what's happening. Um, he gets left on Earth. Um, and then at 13, I feel like I read the wrong things, or I did not get to Carol Danvers, but this is the first appearance of Carol Danvers. Did I miss her? What happens? She's got She's in like one page. Two to three pages. Okay. Yeah, one page is more uh, accurate. Again, the, the sneaky. Didn't even blink and you miss her. Yeah. Um, she's, she's the head of security at NASA. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, anything yeah. else to add to yeah. Marvel superheroes? We also get uh, Yon-Rog, who yes. is uh, in the movie as well. Jude Law's character. Yeah, yeah. played by Jude Law. 
Um, don't we get another and, Captain Marvel and character? Spoilers for the 2012 run, but he ends up being um, kind of the final boss of the 2012 run of Captain Marvel, Jan Rog. So he's still around. Spoiler! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember, but there were... I one of my favorite moments is where mm-hmm. he goes to a hotel to check in and he was yes. like I'm not going to use my my real name Marvel but I've tricked them by writing <laughs> by writing Marvel instead Marvel yes yes yeah, c, c, c dot marvel yeah c dot yeah. marvel and he says I've americanized it or like the americanization <laughs> or something it's very good uh, um so can I jump in with, it's about these issues, but it's Please it's going to take a second to talk about. Um, I promised you guys we're going to talk about the Bible tonight. And <laughs> and it has to do with, with these two issues. So the whole setup is that um, Yon-Rog is like outranks Captain Marvel. I can't remember what his rank is. I think it's Colonel Yon-Rog. And they're on the ship and there's a medic named Una, I think. Mm-hmm. And the whole premise is that Jan Rog is going to send Marvel down to Earth on what is probably a suicide mission because Jan Rog loves Una, but Una loves Marvel. And so he wants Marvel to die so he can have her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And and that's that's a theme throughout both of these issues. Like it's introduced in in number twelve, and it's it's continued in thirteen. And actually, like Jan Rog uses their the laser on their spaceship and tries to shoot Marvel. Like as he's flying back to the spaceship, he tries to shoot him with the spaceship laser. And then it just so happens that a human airplane gets in the way right as he shoots the laser, and so Marvel doesn't die anyway. But so this this premise of someone in the military outranking someone else, sending a man out to certain death so he can have his lover, that's straight out of the Bible. That's David and Uriah, I think his name is, and Bathsheba. Um, it's it's the exact same premise and. I I get I didn't like look it up, but I know Stan Lee he mentions God and and some level of being religious. And you know, this is back in the sixties where Bible stories I think were more generally well known in America. So it I have to believe that intentional or not, this story is inspired by that Bible story. And I don't know what to make of that, but I kind of love it that we have this story from the Old Testament retold as sci-fi spaceship people. <laughs> but this the very same premise, like the same emotional tension pretty much lifted one for one and placed in, you know, Captain Marvel of all places. <laughs> hey, Jack Kirby, I'm ready to plagiarize <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> let's call it the captain marvel <laughs> the bible but make it space <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that's really interesting. And hard not to see the uh yeah the like, coincidences there. Yeah. But it's effective. Yeah. <laughs> like it makes for an emotional story. Yes. <sighs> um moving forward, that's enough lollygaggling. <laughs> Next up, from the wonderful 70s, we have Miss Marvel 1 and 2, where we have Carol Danvers as Miss Marvel in number 1. Uh, in number two, we see Miss Marvel get her powers. These are ones that I barely skimmed through. So <laughs> I, I'll go ahead and take over right, for this yeah. one. So essentially, we find out that Carol Danvers has more passion for writing rather than yes. being the head of security for NASA. <laughs> Just uh, a totally uh, normal career transition. Yeah, a major left turn trying to figure out what to do with this character. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's got an interview with J. Jonah Jameson himself to become the new editor of Woman's Magazine. And there's a hard negotiation for her big salary of $30,000. <laughs> but J. Jonah Jameson wants to offer her 20000 but she really really knows how to stick it to him and gets that 30,000. And so basically it's the whole issue is the scorpion is trying to get revenge about or from on is the word I'm looking for on J Jonah Jameson. And it's basically hey Captain Marvel works at the Daily Bugle now and this is kind Ms. of Marvel. Oops, thank you, Miss Marvel. <laughs> uh, and she's a superhero now. She's kind of uh, going after the Scorpion. And then number two, it continues this story. But you also find out she's blacking out. And she, she can't quite remember certain things. Uh, so she... Does she go to a hypnotist or is it a psychiatrist? I can't remember. I think it is a hypnotist. Okay, yes. She goes to a hypnotist, of course, and uh, he's able to unlock some memories for her of how she got her powers as Miss Marvel, um, which is basically a two-page thing saying uh, Captain Marvel saved her from yon Rog, and there was a big explosion, and that gave her her powers. That's pretty much it. Um, uh, is you, this you? the psych magnetron? Oh, isn't that the isn't that the device, or is that her origin redefined later? I can't remember. I do know that they revisit this in the 2012 series. Yeah, because I remember she. There's a big time travel story, and she goes back to when she got her powers. And once she's kind of out of the way, she saves Captain Marvel, uh, the Marvel version. Also, uh, completely unrelated, but I don't think we're going to come back to it. The version of Lawson in Captain Marvel is way more intriguing to me than the version in the movie. But we'll get <laughs> we'll get to that later. But she's basically uh, an old lady who likes to swear and yell at people in the comics, which <laughs> I find more endearing. We all do. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically... Uh, Carol Danvers' first go at Miss Marvel. 
and what I was hinting at earlier, her connection to Spider-Man, Peter Parker, like, is at the Daily Bugle while she's talking to J. Jonah Jameson. And she's apparently Carol Danvers' friend with Mary Jane. And they're, like, talking, and Peter just kind of, like, walks through the scene, and he's like, see ya, and, like, doesn't do anything. Um, But on the cover of Miss Marvel number one, it says... At last, a bold new superheroine in the census stunning tradition of Spider-Man. So they tried really hard to be like, you like Spider-Man, trust us, you'll like this. We know she's a woman, but you'll warm, <laughs> you'll warm up to her, I promise. <laughs> and it's, it's also just, Marvel has tried so hard to repeat the success of Spider-Man really throughout like their entire history um they they always call out spider-man uh actually have you i don't know if you've ever seen the cover of daredevil number one but it literally says do you remember when we introduced you to spider-man and there's like a picture of spider-man on the cover that's just like on the side and basically they're saying like we gave you Spider-Man and now we're giving you Daredevil and you're going to love him just as much as Spider-Man. So this was a trick they did a lot, especially in like the seventies where they were like, come on, come on, come on, you guys love this as much as you love (laughs) Spider-Man. Which is interesting because they did the same exact thing with Kamala Khan, except they didn't explicitly say that. Yes. But the next Miss Marvel was also kind of a check out Spider-Man. But as this person. <laughs> yes, it's her her origin is very similar to Spider-Man. From the creators of Spider-Man and featuring many of the same tertiary characters <laughs> as Spider-Man. Join Carol Danvers as she has to put up with J. Joma J. Jonah Jameson Pastery. Uh I want to ask the group a little bit about Ms. Marvel's costume in this. Right on the line. I I, <laughs> I, I thought it was just enough. Um, still very tasteful. I, I think it's the perfect <laughs> outfit for a 18 or 19 year old young woman. Um, definitely let me focus on how good she was at fighting crime. <laughs> Great take. Tori, what about you? <laughs> I need to look up a picture because every time I just like, I need a refresher. And I also uh, think that my, um, my opinions are slowly eroding based on the extremeness of like the barely there purple thong one piece thing. What is moon? Moon dragon is moon who dragon. you're thinking moon of. Dragon. The I most like scantily yeah, clad most- of them all. Yeah, it's everything is compared to Moon Dragon, and I'm like, well, <laughs> there's something there. All right, I looked up a picture. So this yes. is a a small bikini bottom, mm-hmm. and a long sleeve shirt, but with quite a midriff, quite yeah. a midriff, um, and gloves and boots. So it always bugs me, forever and always, when the outfit serves no purpose um so i'm gonna go with this is a terrible outfit but i do see a man with gloves and boots 
but only like briefs on. <laughs> and I do feel like the 70s was a time of equality for the little amount of clothing that people are wearing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but maybe like what happens if someone stabs her stomach? How how are the legs? I don't know. We're, yeah. we're certainly not in a golden age of outfit. Yeah. It also reminds me a lot of Supergirl. Oh my yes. Oh yes. Okay. So okay. Supergirl always have... has a skirt. I am picturing a skirt. Uh well, she most often has a skirt. So okay. Someone else mentioned Supergirl, so bear with me for like one second while I while I talk about Supergirl. Do it, <laughs> um, please. This is why we had you on, Paul. It is pretty clear to me that Miss Marvel is a pretty direct ripoff of Supergirl <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> I see it. This is what DC and Marvel did, right? They they kind of borrowed each other's success. Um, and so, like, I honestly wonder sometimes if Daredevil was supposed to be somehow related to a bat because he has a very bat-like ability, you know, like the the hearing. But, and he even has the horns. Like, I almost wonder if they basically called him Batman or they were thinking of somehow making him a bat. But then they were like, that's too close. <laughs> He's a devil instead. Anyway. Devil but... Batman. <laughs> devil batman but okay so carol danvers is her name do you know what supergirl's name is when she's hiding her identity Kara. dang what's her last name Kara danvers it is literally the same name yes and Kara's a much better name than carol the entire time i'm pissed off about the name carol (laughs) um and so, do you know what Supergirl's real name is? Her Kryptonian name? Um. Oh my gosh. No. R L. Ara Zorel. Darn. Guess what Miss Marvel's or Carol Danvers' Cree name is? Carol Zarel. R L. Darn it! <laughs> oh, I got that mixed up. So that, that was my, that was my guess for yeah. the first one. So it's Kara Zorel and Karl, and that's their alien name. And by the way, it's Krypton and Cree. <laughs> and then Carol Danvers and Kara Danvers. Like it's and then the blue and yellow is even there. And the kind of unlimited power is there for both of them. You know, like they kind of have like this nebulous, like they're just really, really powerful and basically indestructible. <laughs> And they're both alien. Um, I mean, Carol is a little more complicated, but it's because of aliens that she has her powers. Um, but yeah, so I again, this is my theory that they saw the success of because uh, Supergirl was actually introduced in like 1959, maybe like Supergirl is way early on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and was successful. And so I think they saw that, that Marvel saw that, and they were like, okay, we should introduce, you know, like, what can we learn from that? What can we take from that? And the interesting thing to me about Carol Danvers slash Miss Marvel slash Captain Marvel is it's basically, it ends up being, what if Supergirl was in a universe where there wasn't a Superman? 
and she gets to have a very different story because she's not a knockoff, basically. Whereas a lot of Supergirl storylines are, you're just like Superman, but a girl. But Carol Danvers doesn't have to deal with that. Although I guess you maybe there's some storylines where it's like you're just Marvel, but a girl. But that you know that doesn't that shadow isn't nearly as long over Carol Danvers as it is over Kara. Um, and and I think that's like a really interesting like case study in like what if Supergirl got to exist in a world without a Superman, and that's basically Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel. She would work and, for a Woman's yeah. Magazine. She'll write for a women's magazine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that that really fascinates me. Like Supergirl is actually one of my favorite comics characters, and in my collecting, I probably have more Supergirl stuff than any other character. Um, and I'll just throw it out there that I, if you if you want to care about Supergirl, the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow book by Tom King that James Gunn just announced will be a movie is absolutely incredible and one of my favorite comics I've ever read even though I haven't read that many <laughs> but of the ones I've read it's a real real standout and I really hope the movie is as good as the comic anyway all stuff I just wanted to mention at some point in this podcast today <laughs> uh, Tom King has like made it it's hit his recent life's work to take the oldest somewhat dusty or, yeah. or, 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 or maybe like, I don't know, campy DC yeah. characters and give them incredibly like grounded, uh, meaningful story arcs. Yeah. They're great. It, it's though. I really hope the movie woman of tomorrow is even half as good as the comic run. Uh, um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to clarify. Tom King also has done a Batman run. I'm not talking about Batman. Uh, <laughs> I, he, he, he did like Adam Strange and Mr. Miracle and then Supergirl. And I'm I'm sure yeah. there are others. That he I also have. did. He also did Vision for Marvel mm. that helped inspire WandaVision. Right. Nice. Um, Go Tom King. I think it's fair that we just say Fantastic Four 2 is the first appearance of the scrolls. <laughs> you pretty much get the gist of them. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do and, additional. And their reading. design is virtually unchanged from the 1960s to the movie. Like all the major elements remain exactly the same, which is very <laughs> impressive. I, I do want to give one more tidbit about Captain Marvel comics, but about Marvel specifically. Okay. Uh, the death of Captain Marvel, one of the big Marvel stories, uh, is one of the few comics that has made me shed actual tears. Oh. I think I was in a weird place at the time, but <laughs> it is, like, weirdly emotional how they kind of, like, deal with his death, and I just wanted to throw that out there. And he is, like, an Uncle Ben at this point where they have not brought him back. And I don't think they ever will because his death was so impactful in the comics. Yeah, and it would be awkward because Captain yeah. Marvel is now Captain... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tomorrow. But they could give him another name, I yeah. guess. They could bring him back and call him something else. Captain Marvel the Cap. Oh. <laughs> um, 
The other one that I cried at was the end of Jason Aaron's Thor run and some specific okay. issues where they deal with some dad stuff. Mm. And I have a great relationship with my dad, but you know, dad stuff just hits you in a certain way. For sure. You're you're never quite ready for when your father takes his retreat to a Nordic cliff and waits <laughs> for you to find him. <laughs> And then vanishes into dust. I really hate my secret sister. <laughs> I don't want my dad to die because then my sister will crawl out of hell and try to kill me and everyone I love. <laughs> my real life sister, she's great, but the one I don't Mine know too. about, yeah. This secret sister. Oh, and so sorry, going all the way back to the costume question. I do want to point out the costume as seen on Miss Marvel number one only lasted seven issues. Oh, okay. And, and Miss Marvel eight, a new artist came in and insisted that they cover the midriff because he because he thought it was so stupid. Was that and Chris Claremont? Uh, I know he took over for right. Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah. Or Miss Marvel at some point. He's the he's the yeah. guy who made the X Men good as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and so now when they depict her like original costume, actually in the 2019 run, she has like a bat cave, and you see her old costumes, and um, the red one does not have the midriff. So that's like the canonical, or at least the the enduring version of her first costume is where her her belly button is covered, <laughs> rather than with the weird slit reverse V thing. Shame. And then she okay. then she got the black costume in issue twenty. So the red one didn't last very long either. The black one rules. Well, the black one is they really took it too far in the two thousand six red. That's where I think they started to realize we need to give this character a bit more dignity. And I think that's what led to her becoming Captain Marvel was they went too far in the sexy factor of the black costume oh. in the 2006 red. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, 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 I'm looking at the 2006 version and this is not the costume that I was imagining. Uh, the one that <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of uh, had a little more um, coverage yeah. and also didn't involve someone with uh, a triple D bra size and thighs <laughs> that could crack your head like a melon. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it, but we should probably get into the movie before we get into uh, certain opinions by certain peoples on yes. letters pages. Yes. Cause I, I think it ties into the movie yes, and the does. response as well. Uh, also, a great other transition is I don't know if we'll ever go an episode without Davis regretting putting in the chat a picture of Moon Dragon or, <laughs> or the gif of uh, Thor's clothes flying off and revealing I, his uh, butt. I, I, I was going to put that in just because we are very in favor of turning the male gaze on onto itself 
And, and this has been a completely lecherous episode in which we are only like we're 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 giving fully into the the male gaze. Uh and, and, and I'm trying to make, you know, light of it, but uh yeah, er, er, early Captain Marvel had had no no issue with creating a character like from the I don't know, for, from the deepest pits of the male gaze. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, with that note, let's do <laughs> <see> the movie. <laughs> Where we do, I think, get a little bit more ogling of men. Which I know Davis has been asking for. Yes. Bill um, okay. Colson. <laughs> let me see that mumbo wumbo bubble butt bussy. <laughs> okay. Um, quick summary of the movie for anyone that hasn't watched it recently. Um, we have Veers, who is a Cree commander. No, she's that's nope. She's just soldier. Cree soldier. Thank you, Cree <laughs> soldier. Um, who is on Hala? Um, who then goes and wait? No, is she not there? Am I just getting everything wrong? I thought I heard Ryan pop in. Oh no, um, that's right. That okay, was okay. uh, that was uh, Charlotte. Bringing the dog in. Oh, perfect. <laughs> All right. You are very correct. Don't worry. Beautiful. Wonderful. So then she goes on a super great mission, um, but it's infiltrated by scrolls, and she gets taken. And while she's taken, she has some really crazy flashbacks of, of a planet. She then goes to that planet, is so alien, and I feel like kind of captures some of the energy that we saw in the um, the beginning of Marvel, where he's really conflating how much Earth cares about other species and not themselves, and also <laughs> their knowledge of the universe. Right. Um, she runs into Nick Fury and Phil Coulson. Um, they, the the main plot point is searching for. What do they call it in this movie? It's not the Tesseract. Um, at, at, at the end, they called it the, the Tesseract. Core. They call the it the Core. core the Core. Yeah. Yes. But at the end, they do call it Tesseract. Yeah. So she's kind of uncovering both her her own past, but also um, what the scrolls are after and what they were trying to get out of her brain. And... Um, all while her team of Cree are coming to save her, but also maybe not, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> this journey takes her throughout Earth and really is a journey of self-discovery where she figures out, oh, wait, I am a human woman who had a whole life on Earth. I did not come from the scroll planet. There's a reason all my memories are gone. And then her mentor... Yonrog, when they are reunited, has a whole twisty, I'm gonna stab you in the back vibe. <laughs> Turns out he killed her other mentor, who is actually Marvell and is a Cree. Um and and the Danvers became the core of of the the engine that Marvell was creating for Lightspeed. Um 
in this journey, she realizes Kree are actually bad. Scrolls are great, nice people who are just um, victims of circumstances. Refugees. (laughs) (laughs) In the end, she triumphs over uh, Yon-Rog, wins the day, has a really great cat who is actually just a a de- not a demon but like an alien species who's super cool and evil and who scratches fury's eye a florgan yes a florgan scratches fury's eye um blinding him we finally have some resolution on how that happened um, <laughs> and in the end ronan the accuser comes to take down earth slash the scrolls but carol danvers says no no you can't do that she destroys several ships with just her own body power alone <laughs> um end of movie well great right. movie. <laughs> after she destroys the ship she has one more encounter with yon rog that That's right yeah that watching it again i just really loved the way that was handled yeah, where he, he tries to be all like i'm so proud of you You've come so far, but hey, you could never beat me in hand-to-hand combat. So he he literally says, turn off the light show and prove that you could beat me. And then she just blasts him and she's like, I have nothing to prove to you. Anyway, I really love that scene. That was beautiful. It also, it felt very uniquely feminine to have that as the resolution because I feel like in a lot of other Superhero movies, but especially male-dominated ones, pride is a huge element. And it's kind yeah. of like, I need to prove everyone wrong, and I need to be the best. And to do it, like, the right way, and not use my advantages. And she's like, no, I've got nothing to prove you. I don't care about this pride <laughs> stuff. Um, and I recognize I'm the best. <laughs> I don't need to show you. Um and also that her emotions are key. The whole movie, it's like, no, keep yeah. down your emotions. Be logical. And it's like, no, my emotions are great. It's okay that I'm a woman. <laughs> and I don't need to prove anything to you, you dumb man. <laughs> yeah. So, a billion dollars. A billion seven. dollar story. Okay, I saw, I didn't realize this is the first um, female-led superhero movie to pass the billion dollar mark. I don't know how many other female superhero movies there were before this, so don't know there how. There was a Supergirl that. movie in the '80s, and it did not go well. Was this so. was this after Wonder Woman, or was Wonder Woman? I, I I'm pretty sure it was after. Okay. Yeah. So along those lines, um, not only did this cross a billion dollars, this is still number ten in the MCU in terms of gross revenue. That's amazing. Yeah, and and four of those are Avengers movies, and three of them are Spider-Man movies. So (laughs) in terms of, like, solo superhero films that are, like, characters introduced to the mainstream by the MCU, only Black Panther has done better than Captain Marvel. Because all the other ones that are higher are are team-up movies like Captain America Civil War, which is basically an Avengers movie, and then the Avengers movies and the Spider-Man movies. So, I mean, it's it's up there. That's incredible. What, and what it was... Go ahead, Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all because of this guy. 
Um, <laughs> I just sent a picture in the chat. Some guy apparently saw Captain Marvel 140 times. <laughs> I don't know why he saw Captain Marvel 140 times other than to have a killer opening line when he met Brie Larson at a Comic-Con or Fan Expo. Um, but, like, all due respect to this man, he looks exactly like the guy that I would imagine saw Captain Marvel 140 <laughs> times and then told Brie Larson that he saw Captain Marvel 140 times. Do you think that's Marvel? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm so proud of you, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you were you guys' my title. general impressions of this movie when you first saw it versus right now? Just uh, curious. I loved it when I first saw it. I was like, yes, this is it. Like, go women women rule captain marvel's <laughs> awesome uh you know finally we have like i mean it, well uh, okay let me take a brief moment to tell you something interesting when i <laughs> streamed this on disney plus and paul th this was the research i was doing shortly before our episode <laughs> the the little blurb of uh, on on Disney Plus, when I was streaming on my television, said Marvel Studios Captain Marvel launches the MCU's most powerful hero. And this mm. movie proves it. However, when I went to Disney Plus on my laptop, it says <laughs> Marvel Studios Captain Marvel takes you on a spectacular adventure from the 1990s, tracing the path of Carol Danvers as she becomes one of the universe's most powerful <laughs> heroes. When a galactic war reaches Earth, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. Um, yes. Very interesting. And I want to maybe circle back to that in, in, in a few minutes just to talk about, like, the upping the, uh, uh, like, uh, up, upping the, the scale of hero, but then having to immediately nerf them. Uh, but <laughs> to your question, I loved it when I first saw it, partially because Captain Marvel was so powerful. As Corey mentioned, she just takes down uh, two or three Kree, um, Kree accuser ships like they are nothing, uh, like, like, like they are made of air or bubbles. And <laughs> it was so cool. Watching it now, I still enjoy it, but it felt... Uh, I, I, I don't know if like clumsy or cloying are, are the right words, but there were some times when I was watching the movie where even though I'm totally on board with the message of like women rule, uh, you know, w women have to overcome so many known and unknown obstacles, especially in certain lines of work, like being a pilot or, or, or other male dominated industries. It, it felt a little bit ham-fisted at times in the same way that reading the 2012 run of Captain Marvel did. Uh, but again, very good. Um, I guess I'll, I'll just say this right now. I have an interesting experience with this movie. Okay. Uh, I 
I really liked this movie when I first saw it. I really like it now. Like what the rewatch, I was like, this is good. The one thing that happens with a lot of these Marvel movies is the jokes don't work as much for me, which is always kind of disappointing. I remember laughing so much at the squirrels when you find out they're just cool Kiwi guys who are just, uh, <laughs> they're chill, but they're, they just want to lay back with everybody and they just want to save their family. But the jokes weren't hitting as much this time. But all that being said, I saw this with an ex. And it was the first Marvel movie we had seen together. And during the movie, she was like hooting and hollering for how much (laughs) she was enjoying this movie. She was like having the best time of her life. Uh... I I was having a great time when the movie ended. I was like, "What'd you think?" And she was like, "Oh, it was so good. Like I like this has got to be one of my favorite Marvel movies out of all of them." And I was like, "Yeah, it was really good. Like I I really enjoyed that." Cut to a few weeks later where we were uh we were just chatting and I was like, "Oh yeah, Captain Marvel." Like I, that was a really fun movie. And she's like, uh, it was okay. And I, I was like, wait, but I thought, I thought you like really liked that movie. And she was like, eh, I don't know. Like it was all right. And it was just so weird that her opinion had changed instantly. And I, I had come to find out that she, uh, had some friends yeah i mean that's not (laughs) far from the truth but i think some people had convinced her otherwise that it wasn't as good as she thought initially and so she kind of changed her tune on it but i was always a little disappointed in that because i i had a really good time with it with a lot of people and i think on the rewatch i was feeling so much and okay I liked it the first time. I've always liked it. So I'm not that I was one of those people, but I was noticing I actually love the storytelling of this movie. I I really like the use of kind of like flashbacks or recovering memory, recovering identity and uh some of like the female friendship aspects of it. Um but what I liked the most was Carol Danvers and Nick Fury's buddy Coughness. And, yeah. <laughs> and I just those relationships were just so fun. Um, and it, it felt like such a different intro to a character and a first movie. Um, but I think just so many people got in this echo chamber of this is a terrible movie. And, and that's kind of what's permeated. Should we get um, into yeah. that? Well, I just want to say the first time I saw it, the first time I saw it, I didn't have any context. I hadn't read comics or anything. And the main thing I walked away with was I love seeing Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson on screen together. Like they really play off each other well. That was like my main takeaway the first time I saw this. (laughs) But watching it again, preparing for this, and after having read this, I actually like it a lot more. Like I think they did a lot of cool stuff to like bring in pieces of the comics but still tell their own story with it like i love the loss and marvell twist 
Like, I think it works really well. Um, and like, I, I love, there's a lot of hint dropping about Monica Rambo in, in yeah. this movie that if you don't know the eventual fate of Monica Rambo just kind of goes over your head. But like, there's one point where, um, at the very end of the movie, Fury says something like, only if you learn to fly like your aunt Carol or whatever. And it's like, guess what she does? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't realize how much they're foreshadowing, um, that, you know, they're going to be a team eventually. Um, that... Yeah, so knowing more of the background actually makes me like the movie more, even though they changed a lot, right? They kind of take and reorder pieces to retell their own story, but we're really used to that with Marvel. I mean, that's the Spider-Verse. That's all it is, is kind of remixing the same story elements. And so I like that form of storytelling. So I actually like that it's not the exact same as the comics, but they took so many elements and and rewove them into a, a new story that that works really well in my opinion that that always surprises me when people complain it's not like the comics when the most well-regarded comics are the ones that changed characters forever <laughs> yeah that's a good point <laughs> um thinking about i love that we all loved it but why a rare I, this almost seems rare for this podcast i know i know we often very Yes. Um, actually, normally I feel like I have the disparate opinion. <laughs> but why Why does it feel like it gets a bad rap? Does anyone... Is it just the women? <laughs> I, I don't know. Any, any thoughts about fanboy nonsense? I... Yeah, go ahead, go, Davis. Go. Okay. You first. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I feel like Brie Larson is the fangirl who will never get the fanboy's approval and love. Mm, um, yeah. I I don't know why Brie Larson is the target of so much like animosity or joking in in fan communities. Um because doesn't she have an Oscar? Uh for Dutch the room or some sort of award for the room. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I, you, you said Oscar, I heard Grammy and I was like, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So like Brie Larson has legitimate acting chops, but she also like, she played perfectly into the the world of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh she she has done so many things like outside of her formal acting roles to try and ingratiate herself to to this world that she clearly like loves whether she was an actor or not, which is like I don't know, the the fan community and some people I, I think love her for that, but for whatever reason, she has become like, I, I, I don't know. Like when, when, when conservatives are talking about politics and things they don't like, they bring up Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And when liberals are talking about politics, they don't like, they bring up Marjorie Taylor Greene for whatever <laughs> reason, 
Brie, <laughs> Brie Larson has become like that person that, that, that is just kind of shorthand for all the stuff I don't like about fan community X uh, for many people. And I think it's totally unwarranted. Uh, what comic is Marjorie Taylor Greene from? <laughs> if um, only yeah. <laughs> oh I, that must be some sort of what if comic i haven't read yes yes um yeah, from earth one well i think this is a good segue into the letters page that you shared with us paul yes if you want to talk about that yeah so at the back of um Captain Marvel number two, the 2012 run, there is a letter um, from a reader that kind of captures a lot of the arguments that uh, a lot of people have against Captain Marvel in general. Um, And basically, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he says... But it's long. It's very long. He says, I've been a long fan of Marvel Comics, spending thousands of dollars on comics, statues, games, and other merchandise related to the Marvel Universe. In over 30 years, I've never written a letter to your company until now. Um, And then he talks about the new Captain Marvel, and he says, to put it bluntly, I hate it. Over the decades, my favorite characters have yada, yada, yada. Miss Marvel was strong-willed, powerful, and sexy. I have been familiar with her for some time and always had interest in her. Um, Yada, yada, yada. Then I received the disheartening news. Miss Marvel will be no more. She's becoming Captain Marvel, a title that should be given to Marvel or one of his rel- many relatives. And to make matters worse, you've given her a hideous new costume. I understand that she has to wear Cree colors with this new mantle, so why not give her back her original Cree-inspired costume? That outfit is in every way better than this trash. Or better yet, leave her alone. Please, her run in the 90s lasted 50 issues. That's outstanding for a female solo title. Yada, 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 yada. She did it in her iconic costume. Yada, 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 yada. She doesn't need to become another Captain Marvel to follow in the shadows of someone who has already carried that name until distinction. Until this hell is cast upon us, make mine Marvel. Not quite sure what that line means, but... That's the famous... uh, That was what Stan Lee kind of told all the fans in the old days... Oh, make okay. mine Marvel. Marvel is kind of your allegiance, basically. But make mine Marvel is a common phrase there. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Davis. Uh, the 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 line where this complainer is saying, or better yet, leave her alone. I, I in in my mind's eye, I was thinking of that that leave Britney alone video from the <laughs> early aughts and just thinking, leave Carol alone. <laughs> just leave her alone. And that made me happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think you read that and it kind of sums up what like kind of person doesn't like, I don't know. I it's hard to like really like comb through that sort of reaction but I feel like there's a lot of people who are like 
I I am paying money and I like things my certain way. So nothing can be new, but then they also sprinkle <laughs> things in like why don't you use a, a different costume? Which like <laughs> seems kind of like a, a very specific detail. Uh, I don't know. It, what, do you guys have a better take on this? It just uh, something doesn't seem right about this big complaint of this guy. Anyone? Grow up. It's a comic <laughs> book. Yes, yes. Like you're 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 looking at pictures, dude. If <laughs> I, li- literally, I. <laughs> If they're telling compelling story, who gives a rip what 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 colors they're wearing? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, have they never read comics before? Right. Listen, we we all know this guy read uh, Miss Marvel one in nineteen sixty seventy seven. It's seventy seven. <laughs> fell into a coma and was like, oh boy, I can't wait to read more about that sassy lass Miss Marvel um, and see that sweet little belly button of hers and was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) When he saw the new new outfit. Well, this this clearly isn't written well. (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like these types of people generally are like well i like the comics that are written for me as a viewer how dare you write comics that are written for other people um he he's like no i liked everything about it why are you changing it as if the only readers are him right and i think that's kind of where the movie i i see it getting to of why why make any movies that are not about the same person or tell the story in a different way. Right. Um, okay, we have been talking for a long time. Um, are there any random thoughts as you're thinking about the movie that you want to yes. share? Any fun yes. David, yes. go. The, this is literally the only thing that I wrote while watching the film. <laughs> Why was Veers barefooted while having her mind probed? Why were her toenails painted? Do the Cree also paint their toenails, or is this a habit she remembers from being human? Is it the same toenail polish as when she was Carol Danvers? And then, when she lands on Earth, how does she get her boots back, and when did she grab those? Why was she barefooted when she was in the little upside-down mind probe thing? Send it to the IMDb goofs page. Okay. No, (laughs) she very prominently grabs her boots back, though. I don't know why she was barefoot, but there is a shot where she runs back in to like where she was being held and grabs her boots. And the guys are like, the scroll guys are like cowering in fear while they're still watching her memories on the screen. And she blasts the screen and walks away. Uh, So I don't know why she was barefoot, but she does. There is a shot where she grabs her boots. I I will admit at this point 
that I was eating my lunch during that scene. And my, I, 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 I must have looked down to, to eat some of my food when she grabbed her boots. So that that solves half of the mystery. But yeah, why oh, the toenail thing? I have nothing on that. Yeah. Send that one to the IMDb goofs. Yeah. Why? Why were Brie Larson's stinky little piggies just hanging out for everyone to see? They weren't interrogating her toes. That's fair. Maybe the machine needs bare feet to work right. <laughs> I, I, I think the Skrulls are just some nasty little horn dogs that, that <laughs> wanted to see some bare tootsies. Well, there, there is, there is that interpretation as well. <laughs> ben, ben Mendelsohn's mm. like, oh yeah, take her shoes off before you put her on the machine. Uh, why? <laughs> Just do it. It'll make her mind more, more pliable. <laughs> also, pause Pulp Fiction thought. before I go. <laughs> yeah. um, I've I've said this before on many an episode, but I'm going to relate it to something else in this movie. I love a good waste of time post credit scene. You sit through the whole entire credits. And it's just Captain America saying that you've been rewarded for your patience. Uh, in a similar vein, I love a good... This is supposed to be an important moment, but we've really wasted your time in how it actually happened <laughs> moment. Nick Fury's eye getting scratched out by the alien cat really yeah. makes me laugh that they built up how did his eye how why does he need that eye patch and then this yeah. is the movie it's finally revealed a cat scratches him oh, <laughs> also is it uh, like does anyone else know are all cats this thing is that just like what a cat is or is it just this one i think it's just this one okay yeah, i wanted it to be all cats <laughs> <laughs> also important to note that in the comics, the cat is named Chewy, as opposed to Goose. And Goose is almost certainly a Top Gun reference, right? For yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta be. And Chewy is a reference to a specific type of granola bar. <laughs> Who sponsored well, Marvel in the 80s. Yes. <laughs> Um, um also oh, yeah, go. going back to the letter we just read yeah i actually don't know what he means by her run in the 90s i'm looking it up and i'm not finding a miss marvel run in the 90s um hmm, sounds I'm like he's sure not buying enough merchandise like i'm sure he's not wrong and there's something he is thinking of like maybe she was in another series, but there was not a Miss Marvel titled series in the 90s at all. So now I'm very curious, like, what was he referring to? And I've been Googling around and I can't figure out, like, what series had Miss Marvel in it in the 90s? How, how long her... did the 70s one go for? Maybe he's referring to the end of it. Uh, Miss Marvel Volume 1 went 1977 to 79. No. Oh. And then there was not a titled Miss Marvel series again until 2006. Hmm. So he must mean something else that she was in. But anyway, that's a mystery that if anyone can solve, please 
let us know. <laughs> um, one of okay, super random one that I thought the entire movie. I remember the first time the aging did not bother me as much, but this time it was so distracting. I agree. It is interesting that every time I go to a new movie where they use this technology, I'm blown away. I'm like, how did they make them look so young? And then somehow it doesn't age well. Yes. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Do you mean Brie Larson, that they de-aged her? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So much. I didn't even pay enough attention to see that. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about Nick Fury. Yeah. And Coulson. Oh, you're talking. Oh, yeah. Coulson. Coulson's really bad. And I then I justified it by saying, oh, that was like a hint that he's actually scroll in that scene. That's what I interpreted it as. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> right. The Nick Fury didn't or Samuel Jackson, that one didn't bug me. But yes, Coulson in that one scene, I was like, why does he look so weird? And then I, I just explained it away as they had it was a hint because he's so stiff that he's scroll and like not comfortable in the skin but now i'm realizing it was probably just bad cgi <laughs> i yeah. do think that michael douglas always looks good de-aged he's the one that i like i can't really tell the difference when i watch it but you could disagree with me <laughs> never <laughs> i i i have two more quick random thoughts one okay. might be able to be debunked um it's just like a teeny tiny ticky tack complaint but i'm wondering <laughs> if you all had had the same issue at the very end of the movie de-aged samuel l jackson now missing an eye uh is at his like i don't know macintosh 1.0 or whatever and <laughs> click, click clack click clack yeah. click clack and he's he he's writing a manifesto that after talking to Coulson about um, Captain Marvel, he changes it to Avenger, the the mm -hmm. the Avenger idea, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And 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 so we we get the idea that Danvers is like the catalyst for for the Avenger initiative, but. Isn't that a retcon? Because in um, in Avengers, Samuel L. Jackson gives this whole speech about how when Thor fell out of the sky and then the Destroyer came right after him, they realized that they needed to have kind of a standing army that could that 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 could deal with whatever fell out of the sky. What if? It was more that he always knew they needed a standing army and he got this idea from Carol Danvers, but it wasn't like while widely believed. And so he kind of just like had his pet project that he always had in his desk and this idea. And then when Thor fell, he's like, yes, I'm going to do my thing. That's perfect. That issue was solved. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you. I mean, listen, some, sometimes you, you can have your own convictions, but until the money is on your side, you right. got nothing. Um, what did you I guys... Also... Oh, no, no, go no, ahead, no. go ahead. Finish your thought, Davis. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm I'm jumping to a new thought, so I I, I need you to. Uh, well, so am I. Look. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Fine. Um, I just want to point out the the Kree Skrull conflict. I, I mean, Paul has very eloquently kind of tapped into it. it it's it, it's biblical origins, but <laughs> it. It reminds me a lot of the Thanagar War with the uh, Gordan Gordanians. Um, so the, the, the this this is all DC, uh, but the the Thanagars are the Hawk people, um, and then the Gordanians are these ugly little alien like lizard people. So they're the Skrulls, um, and we we learned that they've been in like a a long battle. For the planet um there was also a moment where there was a rand thanagarian war in dc and the rands are like very very human-like and so i don't know I, I i haven't personally read that run but i suspect that the rands are probably like the more pitiable uh mm. people in that conflict Kind of like the the scrolls are the people that we're supposed to feel bad for by the end of the movie. Anyhow, those are my thoughts. Yeah, on <laughs> Ryan. Uh, how do you, what do you guys think this rated in terms of '90s nostalgia? Do you feel like they did a good job inserting this into the '90s? One of my random thoughts was going to be: we as a society need to get over Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> I am so sick of Blockbuster. Well, I... <laughs> in 20 years, you'll be sick of all the throwbacks to Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of why I'm so sick of Blockbuster is because of the stupid Netflix show that <laughs> waste, wasted the potential of a lot of very good actors. Like, it was fine, but... I wanted I wanted those actors in a in a good show and Blockbuster was not it. And part of the problem was Blockbuster. Like we need to just get over Blockbuster. It died for a reason. Like if we really cared that much about it, it would still be in business. Uh I don't know what it is, but I'm I'm sick of I'm just sick that Blockbuster is like the thing for 90s nostalgia. Like we need to move on i don't know what it is it's just it bugs me for some reason <laughs> yeah I, I was just I, I i was disappointed that no one said cool beans um <laughs> i feel like i heard that more in the mid 2000s or the mid early aughts i guess we would call it mm. well but i'm I mean, i'm I, thinking I, of uh hot rod specifically <laughs> i think cool that created beans. a renaissance of cool beans <laughs> yes I, I'm I'm going to track that usage because you you could be exactly right. Uh, I was still very much a child when when the 90s came to a to a close. Um, Brie Larson did have a nine inch nails shirt on, so that was <laughs> like 90s. That's true. Um, uh, the songs were not like 90s hits I was familiar with, but they did have like some grunge elements to them. They weren't as heavy handed as the Nirvana song they use in the Batman, even though that's not set in the nineties. 
<laughs> Something in the way. <laughs> but yeah, interesting. Like, I, I kind of get why they said it in the 90s, but interesting Easter eggs of the time period, I guess. But, I mean, it's not as heavy-handed as Iron Man 3 when they do I'm Blue. Yes. Which I think is, like, too popular of a 90s song. <laughs> um. Also, we got to mention the controversy tying in with Dark Phoenix. Do you guys remember this at all? Thanks. Uh, so Dark Phoenix, the X-Men movie. Yeah. Uh, they had alien shapeshifters as their villains. And they went through some major reshoots. And many claim that it's not because of Captain Marvel, but some theorize that they were trying to originally use scrolls and then Captain oh, Marvel wow. used them. And so they changed them into a different alien race. Uh, but I don't I don't have hard evidence one towards the other, but it is theorized that the scrolls were the original villains of that movie. Why isn't Mystique a scroll? Great question. She's a mutant. I know. I mean, like, I, I, but I, I understand. You, I, I was gonna say, but I could see them at some point retconning and being like, "She's been a scroll all along." Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. And do you think this is worthy of the post credits of? Avengers of Infinity War. Did Captain Marvel live up to the hype of who Nick Fury was calling? I mean, she certainly helped in the fight. <laughs> yeah. She did she did her signature take out the spaceship move. So true. That's fair. I I definitely think so. And yeah, cuz I I feel like she's a very powerful being. Um, and I think the relationship, the, the piece that I really care about is the relationship between Nick Fury and her. He's very distant and different with all of our modern versions of the Avengers, but with them, they have this friendship because she came into his life, like, at the very specific time, as, as did he for her. Um, so I feel like, yeah, you, you call that friend. So it's not just her power, it's also who they are to each other. Have we seen them reunite since in the movies? I agree, by the way. I like it. I, I don't think so. I don't think. Yeah. Oh, are they both at Iron Man's funeral? Spoilers. Yeah. Yes, uh, they are. But they're just like standing there. We don't see them like interact, do we? No. Yeah. So I guess we believe that they caught up at some point. But yeah, it is interesting to kind of see that all kind of tie together. And I I know a lot of people think that like they kind of wish that it went from Infinity War to Endgame. But I do like having Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel in between 
to kind of tie up a couple loose ends before getting back into yeah the big end all story. Um, I, I yeah, Davis. I I I think that putting these two movies in between was almost like a heat check for Marvel because like with Infinity War and Endgame, they were so in their bag and just had like they 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 had pop culture on a string and <laughs> and they knew it and you know, I I have shared my, I don't know, ho-hum opinion of Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I loved Captain Marvel when it came out. I, I, I think we've all pointed to different things that make it age not like amazingly well, but still a very competent movie, a great uh, origin. But, but yeah, to, to put to put two non-marquee movies in while people waited to see kind of what was going to happen post-snap was very clever, I feel. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, I, 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 I know everyone uh, is... Uh, a beat late because we're just drinking in Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Uh, <laughs> if you heard me laugh pod. in the middle of Corey talking, is because Davis, for the eight hundredth time, posted this GIF <laughs> of Thor's it. clothes <laughs> flying off. And then, hard. do you do you, <laughs> do you re regret it this time, Davis? Are are you finally satisfied with your choice? <laughs> I don't regret it yet. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I sent it somewhat strategically, feeling that we were nearing the natural conclusion of this episode. <laughs> but if we go for much longer, I, I may regret it. Well, before we end, I want to ask the question. Are you all excited for the Marvels? The movie coming out now. It was supposed to go out in July. Now in November that will be our first time having Captain Marvel kind of lead a movie again. Really excited. I feel like this has so much potential for all of the people. Um, and I, I feel like the, the characters involved are ones that I really loved their stories and who they are. Um, so I think it has a lot of exciting potential to be like both a fun movie, but also a great story. Yeah. yeah, I I loved Miss Marvel, and I think that makes me the most excited about it. Mm -hmm. But specifically too, because she idolizes Captain Marvel. Yeah, so be to kind of see that dynamic will be fun. I am very excited to see Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. Uh, play off of one another because I also think that both of those actresses will do a great job of like, you know, I, I, I could see some fun banter. Um, uh, Ms. Ms. Rambo. I forget her first name. Monica. Monica. Uh, Monica Rambo. Also, I looked up on, 
the MCU fandom page, and I believe that she's going to be called Photon. I uh, off yeah, off pod that... we were discussing Photon or um, Spectrum. Spectrum, but it it may be Photon a- anyway. Um, I don't have like a super close connection to her yet, so I I hope that this movie like builds some of that in terms of excitement for Photon. Sure. Um, if, if Captain Marvel calls her Lieutenant Trouble even once in the Marvels, I will stand up, throw my popcorn at everyone in the theater and, and walk out. So excited to see both of them together where this is like that hero or that figure in your life as you're growing up. And now you're this adult in your own person. But then you also have this kid, teenager, who like looks at her kind of the way that you did, but even a bigger figure. I just think those, <laughs> like those three separate pieces are going to be really interesting. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really <laughs> curious. I'm ex- and I'm like, I'm excited to see uh, Photon slash Spectrum like full powers on display because we only got hints in WandaVision. Um, These are three characters that can be very, very powerful. So it'll be really interesting to see what villain gets thrown at them and and how like the battles play out because these are pretty powerful, pretty interesting characters that I'm just curious what the team up will be like. And I do think like Davis said, Monica is probably the one coming from farthest behind in terms of um, people under people knowing her. And so I think she could be really the breakout hit, the breakout star of this movie. And the people will walk away thinking she's the coolest of the three just because she's has the fewest expectations tied to her. So yeah, I'm excited for that movie. Um, I really hope it is very good. Awesome. Yay, thank you. Well, I Ryan, what's our time check? I feel like that was an exhaustive look at Captain Marvel. Two hours, <laughs> two minutes. Ooh, look at that. Right not, on track. Not our... Uh, not our longest episode uh and not our shortest either (laughs) (laughs) well thank you all of our listeners for joining um paul it was so wonderful to have you and your perspective and to hear about your experience with podcasts thank you for joining us with comics oh but Why I, are as soon as I start talking, all the words just switch in my brain? I no do know. Problem. I do know that he has very specific experience with podcasts, though. <laughs> are they all Ryan related? They are. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, also, going to reveal at very end, Paul Bills. Yeah. Oh, you did it. <laughs> oh, Whoa, Ryan! What about the next episode? <laughs> it's going to be in the title. I'm putting his no. last name in the title anyway, so no. the mystery no. will not be there. Oh my gosh. All right. But anyway, thank you very, very much for having me. I was very excited to have this discussion because I've been so into comics and haven't really had a lot of people to talk about it because it's so new for me. So I'm, oh. I was very excited to talk. So thank you. Paul, 
The key is under the mat, my man. Anytime. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, again, thank you everyone for joining us today with Captain Marvel. Next up, we have Avengers Endgame. I'm incredibly excited to talk about this. It's going to be big. So join us next episode as we break that down. <laughs>